The Couple Next Door, written by Peg Lynch and starring Peg Lynch and Alan Bunce. It's national Be the First on Your Block to have Jell-O for breakfast wheat. Tell everybody you know, and don't, don't, don't let the week go by without J-E-L-L-O. This is Don Wilson asking, why not be the first on your block to have Jell-O for breakfast? You eat fruit in the morning, why not tangy fruit-flavored Jell-O? Go ahead, be a sport. Try Jell-O for breakfast tomorrow morning. J-E-L-L-O. Come in. I can't open the door. I'm bathing the baby. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, morning, Mrs. Piper. Good morning, Mr. Dibble. Close the door, will you? I'm bathing Bobby. <laughs> well, hello there, young fella. Hey, certainly a mighty healthy boy. Yes, yeah, hand me that towel, would you, Mr. Dibble, right on the yeah, chair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, 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 uh, well, Mr. Piper got off to work this morning before I could catch him, I guess. I want to ask him about that panel in any oh, den. Mr. Piper wasn't home last night, uh, Mr. Dibble. Oh? No, he's... I'd rather not talk about it, if you don't mind. Oh, it's really... oh no, 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 don't talk Well, maybe I ought to tell you. No, yes. no, 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 rather you didn't. No, don't like getting involved in troubles between husband and wife. It's none of my business. Oh, no, it isn't trouble between us. Oh, it's nothing like that, Mr. Dimple, for goodness sakes. I mean, we're very happily married, I mean. Well, all, all it seemed to me you were. Of course, you have your little bickerings, but who doesn't? My husband is in jail. He's, he's what? I, I don't think I heard right. He's in jail. Yep, yeah, I heard right. Well, I can't believe it. Fine fellow like Mr. Piper, what do you, what do, you do? Oh, jaywalk? Oh, jaywalk. Well... Well, I, I don't think they can keep him in jail for that, can they? Oh, you know, this new city cleanup campaign that started Wednesday. Don't throw out candy wrappers and cigarettes on the street. Don't jaywalk. Yeah, 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 I, I, I know they're a clamping down. Well, he just got a ticket for throwing out a cigarette, and I guess he was mad. So when I let him out of the car, I drove him to work, and he apparently jaywalked. Then he argued with the policeman and resisted arrest, saying he didn't jaywalk. And the cop hauled him in, and he was... A little unpleasant, shall we say, to the desk sergeant. My, oh, my, oh, my, my. Now, I went to the jail to see him yesterday, took him clean clothes, and he insisted on fighting the case because he's innocent. And the lawyer we always have for little things, Jack Lundell's in Europe. So I have an appointment this morning with a Mr. Edward Masterson. He's a friend of the Bightner. Masterson. Uh, I've heard of, heard of, heard have of him. You? Have you? Mm -hmm. I hear he's very good, but very expensive. Well, you always want a good lawyer if you need one tall. Yeah, I know. Of course, I don't know if this Masterson's the right fellow for you. You're always in these big cases, making these fancy speeches to the jury... Got to be careful of those fellas. All is more interested in what the judge and jury think of him than what they think of his client. Yeah, well, I've got an appointment with him anyway at 11 o'clock. Still got to find somebody to leave Bobby with. Well, no, no, don't you worry about that. I got six of my own. I know all about babies. You just leave them with me. Oh, no, I couldn't, Mr. Dibble. You'll be busy with all the workmen on the new You've house. got enough worries right now. You leave that baby with me. <laughs> kind of you to see me so 
early this morning, Mr. Masterson. My secretary said that Eleanor Beitler had called, that you were a friend of hers, and that it was an emergency. Well, yes, it is, rather. I've known Eleanor and Fred for many years, and any friend of theirs... Well, thank you. I certainly appreciate it. Eleanor said you were a very busy lawyer, so I'll come right to the point. Yes, Mr. I've Masterson. known Fred and Eleanor I... many, many years. The truth is, they were very kind to me when I first hung up my shingle, and I will never forget them. Yes, well, I'm very fond of them, too. They're both wonderful people. In fact, when I told Eleanor yesterday about the predicament that my husband's in, she said, when well, I came to town and hung up my shingle, it was down on Oak Street. Little tiny office. Oh, uh -huh. Didn't know anyone in town, didn't have a single case. I can remember sitting in that little dark, dingy room, feeling sorry for myself, of course. <laughs> yes, I, I guess it is hard getting started. Well, you've certainly done very well. This office, my goodness, is beautiful. Yes, I suppose it is. Uh... But hardly a day goes by that I don't remember the boy that used to sit there wishing he'd get just one good case. Uh -huh. And sometimes, as I'm now rushing from courtroom to courtroom, sometimes, as I find myself working over a brief, forgetting the time, Suddenly, the morning sun sends little fingers of gold dancing over my desk. The morning dove starts cooing. Yes, well, it's lovely on a sunny morning, I know. About my husband, Mr. Masterson... But no matter how I... weary I get, no matter how many sleepless nights I have, no matter how busy I am, no matter how I sometimes ask myself, is it worth it? Oh, yes, well, I guess we all feel I that. say, yes, it is worth it. I am needed, and that's what we all need to feel, Mrs. Piper, needed. Yes, I, I guess we do, and at the moment, my husband needs a lawyer. <laughs> I'm afraid it may seem like a, a small case to you, Mr. No case is too small, I... Mrs. Piper, and no case is small to the person involved. And his anguish, his misery, his unhappiness, and your anguish and misery and unhappiness are mine. Well, it's really not I want that... you both to feel that I'm more than a lawyer, that I'm your friend. Now you just relax and tell me the whole story. Well, there's not too much to tell. My, my husband is in jail. Yes. Of course, he's innocent. Yes, yes, of course. He is. Mrs. Piper, it's always comforting to see the loyalty of a wife, but we do have to face facts, all of us. You must face the fact that your husband has a police record. He what? Any man who has been arrested and done time before, as your husband has... What do you mean? You mean you didn't... No. Why, no! No, I'm sure he had done time. Why oh, not? Why, that... it's always a blow to the family. I suppose it happened before you were married. Well, I just can't... Mrs. Can't Piper, if he is innocent, I will see justice done. You must put your faith in me. I once defended a man wrongly accused of murdering his best friend. Everything pointed to his guilt. However, I was able to prove... But, Mr. Masterson, my husband isn't accused of murder. Isn't your husband the piper accused of robbing that bank in Watertown and killing the night watchman? Uh, robbing a... No, I don't know what you're talking about. My husband was jaywalking across Main Street. Jaywalking? Jaywalking? Yes, and he says he wasn't. Uh, Mrs. Piper, so... I, I misunderstood and I'm sorry. Well, now there's nothing to worry about at all. I'm afraid I'm due in court shortly, but my assistant, Mr. Dodge, very brilliant young lawyer, will be glad to talk to you. Is the case too small for you? No, no, not at all. Then I want the best for my husband. I don't want your assistant. I want you. You're obviously a great talker, so I want you to come over to the jail with me now and persuade my husband to give up this idiotic notion of fighting for his honor, or whatever he calls it. At this moment, I should like to remind you of the boy you were who sat in loneliness in his first little office and wished for just one case, Mr. Masterson. <coughs> yes. Yes. Shall we get started to the jail, Mrs. Piper? I'll be right with you.
Oh, hi. Dear, this is Mr. Edward Masterson, dear. He's a lawyer friend of Alan and Fred's. How do you do, Mr. Piper? Oh, how do, how do you do? Let's not waste any time, Mr. Piper. I'd like to hear what happened. All right, sir, it's very simple. I walked across Main Street when the light said walk, and this, this cop yelled at me over these new loudspeaker things that they have. You know, hey, you, he says, you in the brown tweed coat and brown hat carrying a raincoat and a paper parcel, he says. Well, of course, everybody around yeah. laughed at me. The and parcel and, uh, was our orange juicer, which he was taking to be repaired. The little thing on it jiggles and the seeds go through. And I'd sakes, honey, still don't our don't uh, go on, Mr. Piper. Yes, well, anyhow, th th this cop comes over. He gives me an argument, see? I, um, I, I said that I didn't jaywalk. Well, he hauled me over to the station here in the desk, Sergeant. This desk, Sergeant, boy, I... I yes, I, yes, I, yes, I, I know, Sergeant Gibbs. Uh, can you prove that the sign said walk when you walk? Well, no, no, it's just, just my word, but... Was anyone else crossing the street with you that you knew? Uh, no, no, I was alone. I mean, I th well, I think there were some other people, I, I think. I mean, I don't know. Anyhow, I, I, I don't know who they were. I see. It... I also note here that you had just previously to that been given a ticket for throwing a cigarette out on the street. Uh, yes. Well, yes, I'll admit, I, I did do that, yes, and I should have been given a ticket. That's right. After all, I was one of the businessmen's club who instigated this whole new clean city campaign. I see. And, uh huh. But I was not jaywalking, and I'll be doggone if I'm going to be accused of something I did not do. And furthermore, pay a fine of any $15. I have reminded now, my husband of the saying you lawyers have, Mr. Matheson. Don't argue. Pay the $2. I don't care. I don't care. My rights, my honor, my integrity are at stake. And by golly, I am going to fight this thing through. Mr. Masterson, may I speak to my husband alone a no, moment? No, no, my mind is made up. Before this goes any further, I must speak to my husband alone. <laughs> We'll return to the couple next door in just a moment. The world tears along at a terrific pace these days, and that's why most of us appreciate the broadcasts of CBS News' famous reporters so much, men like Edward R. Murrow and Lowell Thomas. Murrow and Thomas are both old hands at the news game. They understand trends and recognize patterns in international affairs as well as developments at home. And they're good at imparting their knowledge and understanding to you, too. The complicated, the involved, the obscure suddenly take shape for you under the spotlight of commentary by Murrow or Thomas. But for all their knowledge, there's nothing pedantic about either of these broadcasters. They don't give you a lecture, but a vivid, exciting unfolding of the news. There's so much wit and human interest and real drama in their reports that you'll find them must-listening for enjoyment as well as information. Monday through Friday, listen to Lowell Thomas and Edward R. Murrow with the news. You can hear them on most of these same stations. Two thousand dollars! Two thousand! Mr. Dibble told me this morning that Mr. Masterson charged two thousand dollars to somebody he represented in a trivial lawsuit something about who owned a back fence or something, and it dragged on for months. $2,000? Yes, I'm telling you. Now, we've gotten spoiled having Jack for a lawyer. Now, this lawyer is terribly expensive, and I thought you ought to know, dear, and think about it, oh, really, you know? Yeah. Oh, I wish Jack were here. Well, he isn't, and while I appreciate your noble motives... All right, all right, I suppose I'll have to give in. I might have known it. I might have known well, something dear, would you know... I don't want to interrupt, but I am due in court at noon. Oh, that's all right, Mr. Masterson. We understand, and actually... As your lawyer, as Mr. Piper, yeah. I must tell you, in all honesty, that it would be less expensive to plead guilty and pay the fine. Yes, I know, I know. Well, I guess that... But no as a man, 
I want to say that I admire your integrity. I agree with you. Let's fight this thing. I know you're innocent. Well, yes, that's true. And I will prove your innocence. I will say to the judge and the jury, look at him, this simple law-abiding citizen dragged through the streets like a common criminal. Oh, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. To begin with, no, no, it wasn't that dramatic, Mr. Now, the first thing we have to do is to get you out of here. Uh? You'll take a plea, appear before the magistrate, tell him you want a hearing, and when you plead innocent, he'll set a date for the trial. May I shake the hand of a man who is willing to fight for the rights and the justice that are his? Oh, well, I... Uh, thank you. Guard! Officer! Officer, I want this man released at once! But why didn't you tell him you're not going through with it? Because he's right. I am a man who was willing to fight for the rights and justice that are his. Oh, well, if you're determined, never let it be said that you stood alone. We'll be there, your wife, your daughter, and your baby son, to soften the hearts of the jury when you go on trial for jaywalking, dear. Thank you. No oily aftertaste, no oily aftertaste. Now there's a margarine. Good luck to the margarine. With no oily aftertaste. Today's good luck is the light margarine. Light in flavor, light on your tongue. Just like the high-priced spread. Lever Brothers has world rights to the process that makes good luck different from other margarines. It's light. Guaranteed to leave no oily aftertaste or your money back. No oily aftertaste. Good luck, good luck. The Couple Next Door is written by Peg Lynch and stars Peg Lynch and Alan Bunce with Madeline Pierce, John Shelley, and House Jameson and is produced by Walter Hart. This is Stuart Metz, inviting you to listen again Monday for The Couple Next Door.